Um, if you have your Bibles, go to Ephesians chapter 5. And, um, wow. And let's get ready, because this is, this is not going to be fun. Um, Ephesians chapter 5. I learned today that when Lynn asks me something, I'm going to look ahead before I say yes. And that's taken from this. So chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 21. Let's recap just a little bit. Some great things were going on. One of my favorite little passages is, is in 14 where it says, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Um, I, I love that. So, so some things that you guys have talked about over the past couple weeks here is one that we're called to live in the light, right? Um, don't know about you, but there's nothing more annoying than light being shined in your eyes and blinding you and, you know, making you see spots for a little bit and that painful that's not what we're called to be. We're called to be a light that lights up the world around us, um, a helpful, kind of a soft, blessed light. Um, so that, that's kind of what, one of the things that you guys have talked about is we're called to live in the light. Um, and then we're also called to live not as foolish, but as wise. And then that kind of gets into where we're going today, which it's talking about husbands and wives. So we definitely need men. <laughs> we definitely need to live as wise um, somethings because being a husband is not an easy job. So, ladies, y'all have it easy. Um, men, we're, this is rough. So we're, we're going to look in today at this, looking in verse 21, kind of to start this off. That, that's where we, I think, that, is that right? Is that where y'all ended last week was live as wise? Does that sound close to anybody? Yes. Okay, cool. Um, we're going to pretend that that was the case then and start in Ephesians 5, 21. Um, all right, let's jump into this and, and just kind of see what happens. We name, we'll pray again here in a second. Um, 521 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, reverence here, also in your translation, may say out of fear. Let, let, let's look at this just, just for a second. Do you, do you find yourself questioning God's call on your life? Maybe questioning some of the things that he's putting before you. Because um, th- this is pretty simple. It says that we're su- supposed to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, we're supposed to submit out of fear or reverence to Jesus. Um, we should submit because Jesus is telling us to for some reason or another. Do you ever catch yourself in that situation where you're like a child and you're not submitting, but it's more, why? Well, God, why do I have to do this? Well, God, why, why does that, that doesn't make sense. God, why? Well, God, why, why do I have to, to go to church on Sunday? Why can't I sit at home and have church by myself? God, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to, do you ever catch yourself kind of in those situations? Um, and does it remind you at all of parents, of your kids? My kids have just entered, my youngest two have just entered into that stage of why, and it drives me nuts. Hey, I'm cooking, don't touch the stove. Why? Well, because it's hot, it'll burn you. Well, what if I touch the other part of the stove? It's like, Well, no, just don't touch the stove, but why? Because it's hot, but why? It'll burn you. And we go through this for an hour, and I'm like, dude, just touch the stove and burn yourself and get it over with. Um, not really. I don't say that, but I, you get to that, right? I really don't say that, um, but I want to a lot. I wonder if God ever has that moment where he's looking down at us and going, dude, will you just please shut your mouth and do what I'm asking you to do? Please, for crying out loud, just do it. Just do it. Trust me. Tell me this, um, and this is where I, I want to hear from you for just for a second. Why, why are some areas, why do we struggle with some areas submitting them to God? Give me your thoughts on this. Why is it so difficult for us to submit our lives to God? Why do we struggle with certain areas of our life in giving those or submitting those areas to Christ? Pride, fear, selfishness. What else? They're precious to us. 
Okay, they're precious to us. So I'm not the only one that thinks if I give this area of my life to God, he may give me something that I don't like back. Um, If I give God my music, I may have to listen to like old school Yanni for the rest of my life or a harp and piano and just like a big, huge organ and that's it. I never get guitar ever again. Um, What what else, man? Why, Why is it so hard or difficult for us to submit certain areas of our life to God? Okay, that's huge. We like to be in control. Um, let, let me ask you this. Do you find that it's easier to submit certain areas of your life to Christ than it is maybe some, some other areas? Why is it easy to submit some areas then? Um, I was thinking of that word, that verse that says, uh, his ways are not our ways. Hmm. Okay. So sometimes we, we don't submit just because we don't understand. I, I think... Um, I think part of the problem, maybe this is just me, part of the problem that I don't submit to Christ is because I don't spend enough time with him. And you would think by now I would understand I could trust him, but for some reason I still struggle with, can I really trust you? Um, I don't know if that resonates with any of you guys. Surely you all spend tons of time with Jesus because you're here on Tuesday when you could be home doing something. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's it. Flip to to 1 John for just a second because I I want you to see this because I think this hopefully will will make a little more sense. Go to 1 John chapter 4. Look, look in verse 16 for just a second and, and read this with me and, and maybe this will make a little more sense. 1 John four sixteen says, and so, we, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him there is no fear in love but and listen to this there is no fear in love but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment the one who fears is not made perfect in love we love because he first loved us i think if we would spend more time with god we would have less problems I'm sorry, we would have less of a problem maybe submitting all areas of our life to God. So, how do we do that? How do we, does that make sense? Will you agree with that? I mean, is that a true statement? If we would spend more time with God, I think we would have less time submitting our life to God. If we would spend more time trying to hear God's voice or trying to understand God's call for our life or trying to understand what we're supposed to do as believers if we would spend more time in God's presence, I honestly feel like we would have less of a problem submitting certain areas of our life to him. Think of it, parents, for just a second with your kids. When did they finally start trusting you and stop asking why? Wasn't it after you kept being consistent and you kept showing them that you actually did know what they were talking about? Hey, you have, if you do touch the stove and it's hot, you are going to burn yourself. And sometimes they don't believe you, but they have to do it anyway. And then the next time you say, hey, don't touch the stove, it's not so much why. It's more like, okay. And they're touching the refrigerator or something else. They're still doing something to irritate you, but they're not doing what you asked them not to. I think maybe if we would spend more time with God, maybe we would have less problem submitting areas of our life to him. And and I don't know if you you notice where it said that, that that perfect love drives out fear. And because somebody said that, maybe we're afraid. We want control. Um, and maybe we're afraid if we give this to God, he's going to give us some, back something horrible. Um, what was that game show where you had to pick 
And, you know, you'd start off with something nice and you could pick a curtain or something and there was like a goat or something usually behind it. Remember that? Let's make a deal or something like that. That's kind of how we feel with God sometimes. Man, I've got this beautiful, great thing, but if I give it to you, God, you're going to open the curtain and it's going to be a miniature donkey. And I'm stuck with this thing living in my house now. And I want to keep what I have because I know this. But if we spend time in God's presence and if we spend time with God, it drives out that fear. So I want to... I want to do this. Give me some things that help us. Man, how do we spend more time with God? And this is probably where you get to do church answers. So how do we spend more time with God? I'm sorry? At the mine when Lynn is here and not me? Definitely. Um, how else? How, how do we spend more time with God? Through prayer? Have you ever stopped and thought about things that you pray for daily? And this gets ugly really fast, so we're not going to stay here long. But is it mainly food or speeding tickets or bosses that we hate? Or is it really seeking God's face and, God, man, show me something today. I'm going to sit here and be quiet, Jesus. So would you just, I'm going to stay quiet until I hear from you. And prayer is an, an incredible way to spend more time in God's family. What about this? One of the most frustrating things as a, as a student minister and, and working with youth is so many times they all, it seems like they always have the same excuse. I, I never hear God's voice. I don't know how to tell when God is talking to me. I never know what God has planned for me. Um, and I always ask them, how much do you pray? Well, I, I pray every day. Okay, not, in counting, not counting food. How much do you pray? Well, I, I, I pray usually, you know, every now, every now and then. Well, how much, do you time, how much time do you spend here? Oh, I read my Bible. No, not on Sunday. How much time do you spend here? And it's no wonder we don't hear God's voice or we don't trust him with areas of our life because we don't pray. We don't read this. This isn't important to us. This is just a book that makes us look good. Or we bring it because we're coming to church. So, I mean, church, you should have it. If we really want to hear God's voice, and, and this is where it gets kind of hairy before we get into even the good stuff. If we want to be able to submit everything to God and trust him, like Paul is saying here where we can submit to one another because if I can't submit my life to God, I'm sure not going to submit my life to you. <laughs> Holy cow, if I can't trust God, why would I trust you? Yes, sir. I was just thinking as you were talking there, uh, you know, uh, oftentimes sin is fun, but the devil makes it that way. Uh, and uh, we don't really want to uh, get close to God because we're having so much fun in what we're doing. So if we start getting into his word and to start, you know, attending minds, uh, you know, we find out that uh, the, the devil has deceived us or we don't even want to know the devil has deceived us because it's, uh, he likes to have us where he's got us. I think that's a great point. So many times we're so filled with sin and we see that sin as fun. And that, that's part of what you guys hopefully talked about a couple weeks prior to this was light. That's the purpose of light, man, is to expose. Um, I, I like to think of sin kind of like fishing. I mean, it's the hook, right? And you, you're, when you fish, you, you try to hide the hook with as much of the bait as possible. So that you lure the fish out to take whatever the bait is, not knowing that he's getting the hook, right? That's kind of what sin does. It, Satan will hide the hook with something that seems fun at the time. But spending time here... And spending time in prayer and spending time in things like this, man, you, you get to 
it's like the light is revealed on it and you can see the hook. Um, and man, if I read my Bible, right, I mean, it seems like John 10, 10 says that while Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, God comes to give us life to the fullest. And I mean, that, that to me sounds like that would be more fun than sin. So I, I, I just want, I want to I throw this out before we dig into the, the rest of this. If we want to submit our lives to God and actually be able to do what this says where we can submit to one another, I think it's got to start, guys, with us spending time here and in prayer. Have you noticed it's easier to trust people the more time you spend with them? I am. Um, <laughs> this is a horrible story. I, I went to Arkansas to work with a, a church in, right at the foothills of the, of the Ozark Mountains in, in northern Arkansas. Um, and, and I went, and, and kind of how churches work when you go to like interview a candidate for a pastoral position, they have this thing where the, it's like the church, you get to speak in front of the church and then usually hang out with the group on Saturday night and then you preach Sunday and then they, they talk over and then they vote on you and then you either fly home really sad or you, you, know, you, you call and, and it's, you're going to move. I, I'm flying to Arkansas and I'm sitting in this hotel room and it's a Saturday night and I'm trying to prepare. I'm supposed to speak Sunday morning and I'm going for a youth ministry position and one of, the, one of the elders in the church shows up. And he didn't have a name. Everybody just called him E, which kind of struck me as weird. But we're in Arkansas, so I expected this. And so, and I really didn't mean that if any of you are from Arkansas. Um, this guy named E shows up, and he's got six of the kids with him. And he's in this humongous, really nice four-door red truck. Um, and he's like, hey, Tim, we're going to go armadillo hunting. And we, we want you to go with us. And I'm thinking, I've never met you and why would we want to go armadillo hunting? And he's like, it's a fundraiser for our church. We go out and we catch them. And they had this really weird thing where they would catch them and tie them to the doors of other pastors in the city. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, but they would go out and catch armadillos and remove them from this guy's property because they rut in the ground. They will dig for mealworms or grubworms and they'll put little holes in the ground. And this guy had a cabin that he rented out and people were tripping in the little holes from the, the armadillos. So they, he paid the church the youth of the church to go and collect them. And this was a fundraiser for the student ministry. Um, it looked really cool on the budget that we had to approve every year, Armadillo Fund. Um, that was so much fun to explain. Anyway, long story short, I'm like, man, can I, I don't know you. I don't know these kids. I'm in Arkansas. Um, all right. So I get in this guy's truck and we drive out in the sticks and I'm looking at my phone. This is no lie. I've got my phone in my hand. And I'm looking at it the entire time, just seeing the bars drop. And I'm, I'm thinking, this is it. God, I'll see you shortly. Um, it's been a good run. Thanks. And he gets me out of the truck. And, in my, and this is no lie. In my mind, I'm thinking, I am not leaving this guy's side. Wherever he goes, because I've hunted snipe before. And I've been on that. My brother took me there. And I, I know what that's about. I'm not leaving this dude. Because you are not abandoning me out here in the middle of the sticks. Where I have no clue who I am and no cell phone coverage. So everywhere he went, seriously, my arm was touching his. I was making sure he wasn't getting away. And it turns out that there really were armadillo there. And we ran and jumped on him and caught him and threw him in the back of his truck. And it was a lot of fun. Um, very redneck, but a lot of fun. Um, but I wound up uh, about four years later taking my kids to E's house and letting him watch them while I went off on dates with my wife. And I went later and I confided in E with some of the most, like, things that I was struggling with the most... And he became one of my, my prayer partners and, and like my prayer warriors and my accountability partner. Um, and as I started to spend more time with him, it became really easy to trust him. And it came even to the point where he was like, hey, I just bought a gun. Let's go shoot it. Again, we're in Arkansas. 
So, and it wasn't even a question in my mind. It was like, sweet. And so I would jump in his car and we would go. But that trust built and that relationship built because I spent time with him. And it turns out he was a lawyer. And he was one of the most, I mean, he was incredibly smart. Had a degree in forestry before he got into law school. And so he was showing me all this cool stuff in the woods. He let me go hunting on his land. And it all developed because I spent time with him. And I tell you that entire story just to say that if we would spend time with God... I think we would have less of a problem trusting him with areas of our life. But we've got to spend time with him. Guys, because God's a gentleman. He's not going to force that time on you. He's going to wait for you to spend time with him. So that, that's where this starts. Um, it, it's going to come with us spending time in prayer, spending time here, and spending time in things like this in community, in small groups, in small churches. And we're going to slowly learn that we can trust God. It's, it's kind of, we're going to slowly learn how to hear God's voice. And, and I've just started this because I'm new to Arizona, but the whole black light thing with the scorpions, do y'all do this when it gets warmer where you try to catch them or kill them? I don't know what y'all do with them, but you go out in the backyard with a black light. When I first did that, and I don't know if this was you guys, but you're shining that dude and you're like, hey, that's, no, that's a rock. Hey, that's, no, that's a stick. No, hey, there's, and do y'all do that too? You think you see it, but then when you see one, you're like, Oh, yeah, that's definitely a scorpion. That's kind of how hearing God's voice is. We spend time in his word and we're like, no, okay, no, that wasn't God's voice. And then, hey, okay, no, oh, yeah, that was God's voice. And it's, it's clear. And it, the more we spend to hear, the easier it is for us to pick up. That's where I want to challenge you guys before we get into this next part, which I honest, I want to pray before we get into verse 22, because I'm scared um, of 22 through 25. Let, let me pray, and, and we're going to dig into the, the rest of this. God, would you help us tonight to not just learn something or to, to shake our heads in agreement? And God, would you help me to not even be the hypocrite who sits up here and says, man, we should spend more time in prayer, more time in your word, and then goes home and watches television. Would you help us tonight to leave this place and spend time in your word, God, and spend time in community with you and, and fellowship and talking. And God, more importantly, we would spend time listening and waiting for you to teach and to, to tell us something. God, as we dig into the rest of this, I really need wisdom. Jesus, would you help me not to say anything that's from me and not to distort or to, to God, not to speak anything that's not truth from your word. God, thank you for being a real, loving, caring God that puts... God, you're there because you have a desire to spend time with us. As we do this over the next few minutes, Jesus, would you spend time in this place with us and help us to know more of you? Jesus, thank you. Amen. Let's look at verse 22. Ladies, um, this is good. Um, I'm really sweaty. Um, Verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Men, can I get an amen? No, don't do that. That was very smart. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Usually, men, we like to read that verse and to quote that verse and then to shut our Bible and to sit back. And that is not smart. Um, that's going to keep you alone for a long time. What, what is this talking about? Wives, submit to, to your husbands as to the Lord. Can, can I say this real quick, ladies, before you get mad and start throwing stuff at me? Um, I didn't say it. This is from the Bible, first off. Your first priority, women is to submit your lives to God. Did, did you hear that? And, and listen to this really clear. Your first priority, ladies, is to submit your life to God. 
And if you're married, your second priority then is to submit your life to your husband. But you're submitting your life to your husband cannot jeopardize you submitting your life to God. Does that make sense? You submitting your life to your husband does not, should not, and cannot jeopardize you doing what you are called to do first, which is submitting your life to God. That is your number one priority as, as a woman. Um, ladies, if you are dating or if you're looking to date or if you're praying, God, please let me date someday in my life. If, if that is you right now, women, you need to start looking for somebody that you feel comfortable submitting your life to. And that is not going to change your submission to Jesus. Does that make sense? Because that, that's where this starts. Ladies, you, you have... Look in verse 23 and we'll, we'll kind of get into why. It's, verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body, of which he is a savior. Um, lady, ladies, give me some examples, just so we as men know what this looks like, because we're not real smart. Um, well, I'm not real smart, men. I don't want you to lump, lump you in with me. Um, we struggle, women. I, I'll be married 19 years this December, and I have no clue what happens in the head of my wife. Still, to this day, I have no idea what she's thinking, what she's doing, what she means when she says stuff. Um, I've adopted the Billy Graham program, where I wake up and say, you know what, baby, I'm really sorry. Um, and then when I go to sleep at night, I'll, I roll over and say, you know what, baby, I'm really sorry. And that covers everything I've done, um, until the next morning. And I'm hoping for another 20 years and that's how I'm going to get there. Women, if you could give us some help, what does this look like? What does it mean for you to live in submission to, to a husband? What is that? What does that look like? And I'm, no ladies too, and we're going to swing this to the guys in just a second, so I'm not going to single you out on this. Well, um, between us, I mean, sometimes there's a decision to be made, and we may discuss it and have differing opinions, but as the head of our household, my husband has to make the choice, and then it's my job to get behind him fully and support it and okay. carry it out. I think that's a great, a great example is to get behind and support your husband. Um, one of the worst things we can do, I, I got to do marriage counseling at the church I was at before here, both premarital counseling and postmarriage counseling. And one of the worst things, women, that we can do is not to be supportive of your husband. Um, if he's a fry cook, you need to support him as the best fry cook ever made. And you need to support and lift him up as, man, he is better than any other fry cook in history. And it doesn't matter if he has an engineering degree and he should be building fry machines. You don't need to go to him every day and say, you know what, you're smarter than this, you're better than this, your boss is a moron, you are so much better than him. You need to go to him with support and complete submission and just say, you know what, you are the best and I'm so proud of you and I love the way that you flip fries. And man, thank you for doing that. That, That's that's a perfect example, I think, of of submission. Ladies, what are some other ways? How do do we put this into action? Because I don't want to just learn tonight. I really want... Uh, I really want application out of this. What are some examples of what godly submission should look like in your lives? Yes. And single women, be thinking too, because I want you to think, what are, what are ways that you should submit to God? What, what are some of those areas in your life? What do those look like as well? It kind of goes without saying that sexually, physically, my husband wants to know that I desire him. Okay. And if I'm not doing it, somebody else might. Hmm. I also know that if I defer to him... Yes. <laughs> if I defer things to him, it takes the load off of my shoulders. I let him make the final decision on imp- the important things. I mean, we do discuss it. But he makes the final decision because I trust him, and I know that he's going to make the decision that's best for our family. And that's a great relief for me. I don't have to worry about it. I know he's going to take care of us. Okay. I'll, I'll say this one time just because I'm already sweaty. Um, 
ladies, physically, if, do you understand that when he said I do to you, that he said I do to every part of you? And for the rest of his life, he's saying, hey, I want this from you. And sexually, that this is why, man, I, I'm marrying you. Not just the only reason, but this is, you're the only one that can, can fulfill that desire in him without it being sin. So that, that is huge. That, that's a huge form of submission. Um, single ladies, what, what does this look like for you as far as submitting your life to God and, and getting in line, getting ready for submission to, to a husband someday? What are some ways that you can be submissive to, to God in your life, maybe in dating? I can't see. I'm really scared right now anyway. Oh, back in the, the very back. I really... I feel like we need to pray again. I am married, and my husband's a little concerned that I'm speaking right now. <laughs> but I will say before that I was married, um, my submission to my Lord was that I didn't go to my friends with my problems. Hmm. I just went to him, and I spoke with him about them, and he gave me direction. That's huge. Uh, one of the things that that I loved about my wife when we were dating was our very first date. Actually, before we dated, she had a list of things that we weren't going to do um, because she was submitting herself to God. And it was a list of, hey, we're not going to do this, this, and this. And if you're expecting that from me, I don't care if you bought me supper. We're not going to do that. Um, and you're just going to be really frustrated, so you should save some time and find somebody else. But if you're, not, you know, if you're okay with that, then let's go have fun and we'll go out and eat. But she had, she had submitted her life to God and that's one of the ways that she was doing it was she just from the very get-go of our relationship was this is not a part of what I do or who I am because of who God is. Yes, ma'am? I'm also married, but <laughs> before I got married, I um, would pray for my spouse hmm. and pray that God would prepare him and prepare me for him. That's huge. Um, that That's, guys, girl, that, that's for all of us, man. If you're single, that's, you should have a two-hour prayer life every day just praying for God to take care of you and that person. Um, men, do, do you understand, and, and look through the rest of this. Um, we're going to kind of clump this together and then go at it a chunk at a time. 23 said, For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And verse 25 says, Husbands, Love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Men, do you understand that we should lead in such a way that wives are not scared to submit to us? And I'm going to say that again, men, because that's a challenge for you. We are called as men to lead in such a way that our wives aren't afraid to submit to us. They should trust us, just like this says, in everything, because they see in us the fact that we're not going to come between their submission to Christ. Let me say that a third time because this is huge, men, because unfortunately we have way more women stepping up and, and running what should be, they're running homes and men are sitting back doing nothing and it's got to stop. We have got to do something to teach our children, our, our boys, that when they grow up that they're called by God to be the head of the house and that they need to lead in such a way that the wife that God chooses for them and the wife that God brings into that relationship is not afraid to submit because the, submitting to their husband is going to be honoring Jesus in their life. And then, are we leading in a way, like Paul is saying here, are we leading in a way that represents how Jesus 
showed his love for the church. Men, what, what does it look like for us? I, I put the women on a spot, now it's our turn. What does it look like for us to have a leadership that's not going to make our wives or our future spouses scared to be in submission? And submission here, guys, don't let that be a dirty word. That's not like where you're in the kitchen baking and pregnant for the rest of your life. That's not submission. I'm not sure what that is. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about getting through this hand in hand and, and side by side. Because as you read through this passage, you're going to see that Paul isn't saying that women, you're below men. Because we're, we're saved by the exact same grace and the exact same God, the, the exact same Savior, paid the exact same price for your sin as he did ours. And it, there's, there's not a, that, that's not what he's saying here, I don't believe. But men, what does it look like for us to lead? How, how, does, that, how does that look in, in reality? For us to lead in a way that's not going to scare our wives. To me, it means I have to make decisions that are encouraging and uplifting and supporting of, of my wife and family as well, and not not just what I want, but but what I think might be best for the family, whether we whether we have a disagreement over it or not. That I am submitting that in, under her in that way. That I'm going to make the decision maybe in, in her best interest, and that, that encourages and, and makes helps her grow, and not just because I want my way. I like that. That means that we're leading in a way that we're putting other people's needs in front of ours. That's a, that's a beautiful picture of how Jesus loved the church. Men, what else can we do? Um, I think we need to show our uh, wives that we're submitting our lives to Christ um, in a way of you know, daily being in the Word or praying as much as we can and, and making that a priority in our lives so that they see us submitting our lives to Christ um, so they trust our leadership. Men, what would it, and I like that, Dan, what, what would it look like, men, if our wives saw us seeking God's face for major decisions in our home? What would it look like if we have a huge decision in our home, men, for our wives, for our family, for our kids, holy cow, dudes, for our sons, to see that we go to God for help in those decisions? How powerful would that be? Ladies, would, would that make it easier then for you to trust and submit? I'm, I'm learning still with my wife how to trust her in, in all the different avenues that come with being married. And, and it's awesome to know that when God built you, he had somebody else in mind that he built to compliment you. For me, my, my wife is, she's, she's incredibly smart, which I don't know how we hooked up still, but she's... She's very, like, just meant, she's, she's smart. Um, she has a degree in accounting. I have a degree in Xbox, and so it makes it really hard. <laughs> and so for us, one of the ways that I, I, I trust my wife, man, I trust her with our finances. I trust her to, to know where the bills and stuff are because she's good at that, and I'm not. But it wasn't always the case at that upfront. That came with time and with spending time with her. And it goes back to what we talked about just a second ago. The more time we spend with our spouse, the more time, men, that we spend with our spouse in here. And men, listen to me on this, men. The more time that we spend praying for our spouse. When, when was the last time, men, that your wives saw you or heard you praying for her? And I, I know that's a horrible question if she's sitting next to you, but I'm going to put you on the spot because you had better be doing that and she needs to hear that. And ladies, before you start going, yeah, you need to be praying for him and he needs to hear it. Women, when was the last time your husband heard you pray for him? 
you want to learn to trust each other and submit and to not have it be this horrible thing where you're fighting and it's, you know, out in the front yard with a shovel, you better start listening to each other, pray for each other. Ladies, how cool would it be for the last thing that you hear as you drift off to sleep would be to hear your husband praying for God to bless you and praying for God to to help him be a better husband and a better father. Men, how cool would it be for the last thing that you hear before you go to sleep is to hear your wife praying for you or for you to wake up in the morning and to see her on the side of the bed kneel down in prayer praying for you. Holy cow, that would change a lot of marriages. And it's not just a great idea, it's, it's really not that hard to do. Men, we just start praying for our wives. And ladies, we start praying for our husband. And if you're not married yet, we start praying for future spouses. My, my youngest is six, and it weirds me out that I'm praying for my six-year-old daughter's husband. But at six, I'm praying for Hope's husband to not have problems with pornography, to not have any problems with morality, to, as a six-year-old boy or however old he is right now, for God to start investing in him and for him to have parents that are teaching him the value of God's word and for whoever her future husband is. I'm starting now at six because I've been in youth ministry long enough that I've seen the ugly sides of what happens if you don't. What would it look like? I mean, I, I, I don't want to do this, man, but I, I want you to see this because this is, this is big. Go to, to First Peter for just a second. Um, and men, I, I'm not trying to scare us into this, um, but this is, this is scary to me. And it's a verse that once I read it and I started to understand it has definitely changed my attitude towards my wife and how I try to respect her. And I've noticed a correlation between that and how easy it is for her to submit to me in, in, in areas. Look, look at 1 Peter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter 3, 7 says, Husbands, in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as they are the weaker partner and the heirs with you in the gracious gift of life. And and this is where it says, so that. Let me start over again. That so that is powerful. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of of the gracious gift of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I don't, and I'm just being honest, I don't honestly understand this passage, but if I'm taking it at face value, what I believe that it's saying is that men, if we don't honor our wives and treat them with the love and respect that God commands us to do, it could have a a direct relationship with our prayer life. And I can't think of anything scarier than me being ugly or being disrespectful to my wife and having prayers that I'm pouring out to God go completely unanswered or even unheard because I'm not being obedient with what he's told me to do in honoring my wife. Does this, if if you're, is anybody single? And I know that's a horrible question to ask in public, but do we have anybody in here single? Don't be ashamed, be proud. Does this change at all your, your thoughts of dating somebody that's not a believer? Do you understand if, and I know we have some cool Christian terms for it, like missionary dating, where you're going to date them and lead them to Christ. And that sounds great on paper. Um, but it's really not that biblical. Single folks, do you understand now why it's so important for you to date believers? How can you submit to them the way that God is commanding us to if they don't submit their lives to Christ? Christ. 
just throwing that out there. And, and you can hate me later, but don't hate me. I mean, God said it. I didn't. I just read it. I, I really want to, before we even go on to the next verse, I, I really want to go back to this. Um, because I, I've been in church for a really long time. And it's really, it's really scary to me, men, that ladies are pulling the weight in a lot of our homes right now spiritually. It's scary to me that we have a lot of women coming to church while we stay home and watch football. Men, it's scary to me that we have a lot of women that are carrying the weight of prayer in our homes. That we have women teaching our kids about Jesus because we've got to work and make a living. And I'm not saying be a bum and stay home by any means. I'm just saying as men, as men, God has empowered, equipped, and called us to be the leader of our homes. And I think it's time that a lot of us step up and start acting like men in our homes. And start treating our wives with respect. And start loving our wives the way that Christ loved the church. And start treating them with so much respect and treating them with so much love. They can't help but submit to us. Because submitting to us is going to be just the same as submitting to God. Because submitting to us is going to point them to God. Ladies, and and I don't know if this upsets you about saying to submit to your husbands. I hope it doesn't. Um, Again, it's not my fault. I just read it. Will you think for just a second the pressure that that puts on us as men? And will you cut us some slack when we do stupid stuff? Because <laughs> we're going to. Holy cow, we make it up as we go. And men, I don't know if I'm, if I'm supposed to share this secret to the ladies and we didn't have a meeting to talk about it beforehand. But ladies, we really don't know. We make stuff up on the spot and just pray to God that it works. Um, am I wrong, men? We really do. And this is scary to me to think that God has empowered me just because I'm male and I'm the head of my house now. It's scary to me to think the decisions that I'm making and the, the kids that I'm trying to raise and the wife that I'm trying to have this relationship with. It, it's scary to me to think that, man, I've, I've got to be doing this the way that Christ loved the church. Because if, if I think about it, and if you've forgotten, luckily we're going to have a refresher here in a, a week or so on Easter Sunday. But Jesus gave his life for the church. And if I remember the story, it was a pretty painful gift. But that was his desire. And that's the same way, men, that we're supposed to love our wives. So, again, I, I just want to throw this out there, and hopefully maybe as couples... What does this look like now in reality? How do, we, how do we lead men, our families, in such a way that our wives aren't afraid to submit to us? And I definitely would love to hear from you in the back. I have a feeling whatever you're going to say, you probably should have started off, and I should have sat down and just gave you the mic. Why do you use the word submit? Submit, to me, means... I have to be on my hands and knees to a husband. Why can't you use, be subject to your wife or your husband? Okay. Um. Submit means that when we go to bed, 
I have nothing to say. I have to give in to him. Then, then what I'm hearing from you is submit to you as a word of fear. That's right. Um, That's right. Okay. I come from a different generation. That's why. Okay. And that's a, that's a fair question. Let me, and I'm going to answer it in just a second. I want to hear. I don't think submit is synonymous with subservient. Okay. And I think that's what maybe scares a lot of people, women in particular. I'm not okay. going to be subservient to my husband, but I will submit to him. And it's, they're two different words. I disagree with this gentleman that just talked. I, I don't look at it that way at all. Okay. I am. Um, let me let me clarify on, on submit just and maybe this will, will give you some peace on this. I don't feel at all, ladies, that you are supposed to as soon as you say I do, that you no longer have a voice or an opinion for the rest of your life. That to me is not at all what this passage is saying. And first John, what we just read, where perfect love has no fear, I think that's where when you fall in love with, with your husband, men, we should be living our life in such a way that we're reflecting God and to submit to what we're doing or to to walk hand in hand, which when you look at the Greek text, really the, the word submit isn't so much to get on your hands and knees and be a doormat, but it's called to work side by side together. And it's more of a partnership that's formed than it is a, an overbearing lordship that's formed. Um, and I'm using the word submit just to, to answer your question because uh, I'm reading from the NIV and that's the word that they put in this translation. Um, so I don't mean that you're supposed to for the rest of your life, just say yes to everything that's asked, regardless of what your opinion is. Um, and I don't think that that's... Uh, we can talk later if, if you disagree with that. I've, I've got nothing else to do tonight. We can, can dig through this and, and look, but I'm almost positive that that's not in Scripture, not at all what, what Paul is saying. Um, so let, let me rephrase that back to the beginning, and then I'll, I'll let you go. I, I just I don't think, ladies, and what I meant by this, this entire knot is not for you to be a doormat or to be pushed... Um, and if, if that's what submission looks like in your home, then whoever the man is in the home isn't living a life that's representing Christ because that's not, that, that's not what this is talking about. I think if, if you have the, the third person in your marriage, and that third person being God, and as a man you live your life in such a manner that it would be pleasing to him, your wife sees this, and she sees you... Uh, reading the scripture she, she sees you sharing things about God and you show that leadership then it is much easier for her to as you mentioned originally to trust her husband and when she has that trust for her husband and the husband has that love for his wife it, it's not it's submissive in obedience to God if you have a husband that's leading in obedience to God and he will never make you subservient. He will have you as his partner. But you have to have that third person in your marriage. I agree. And I, I, did you have one in the back before I read this? No? Okay. I, I want to read this from Ecclesiastes because I think this fits with that perfect and this would be a great place kind of to shut down because we're out of time. Um, Ecclesiastes 4, this, when I do weddings, this is mainly is the passage that I use because I think this describes what Paul is trying to, to say there and hopefully what I've tried to say um, and maybe didn't do a good job of it, but what I was trying to say here, in, in Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 12 says, Two are better than one because they have a great return um, of, for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie together, 
they will keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Biblically, marriages involved three beings. Um, Historically, in the Hebrew and in the Israelite culture, a wedding would take place and it involved the husband, the wife, and as you just said, a third party to be a part of that, which was God. And biblically, this cord of three strands thing that this talks about was you had a strand of a husband, a strand of a wife, and then God as the third strand that, that bound and that would hold that marriage together. And it was centered around that. And without that, the two strands really didn't have as near as a good of a chance for survival. And I, I, think, I think in this, and again, this is just how I'm reading it, Men, we are called and we were set by God to be the, the head of our homes and to love our wives in such a way that they don't fear us. That they're not afraid to walk hand in hand and to partner in life with us. And ladies, as I read this, I really feel like your first your first call is to submit your life wholeheartedly to God and then to submit, to walk hand in hand, to partner with this person that God has built for you and to love God first and then to love your husband and to show that love to your kids and to your family and to your husband. My challenge for us is this, and I'm not trying to chicken out and to get out of this because seriously, I'm going to hang out and if, if you want to talk through more of this, I'll don't want to, but I would love to sit up here and I will. Um, My challenge to us is this, is one, is what I've already said for 20 minutes at the beginning of this, is for you, for me, to start start spending more time with God and and to start submitting every area of our life to Him. And the areas that we're struggling with, and and right now, um, I, I just am thinking this through, I really feel like there's certain areas of our life that we struggle submitting to God and we know what those are. And I want to challenge you tonight, just in the next few minutes, in the stillness of what's about to happen, to spend some time with God and figure out ways that you can start seeking God's voice in those areas. And start praying into those areas and start tearing God's word up for those areas so that it's easier for you to submit that part of your life to Christ. Men, I'm going to challenge you to step up and to be the godly head of your house. And to live in such a way that your wives aren't afraid of you. And ladies, I'm going to ask you to support and to walk hand in hand and help us. There's a reason that God made Eve. (laughs) Because he knew if he left it to us, this was going to be a jacked up world. And he built you to complement and to support and to help us and we need it. And through all of this, if we'll seek Christ together, we're going to have some families that change this world. And I think a lot of statistics will begin to change. Let me pray for us, um, and we'll get out of here. Jesus, thank you for, thank you for grace, and God, I, I um, God, I thank you for the fact that when you built me, that you had somebody else in mind, and God, that you built me specifically to complement um, my wife, and God, that you built Paula specifically for me to come in and, and to, to fit the areas of my life that I needed help, and God, that you, you had us together, um, and God, I pray that, I, 
I pray for us as a, as a family in this room right now, God, that the men would rise up and that we would lead. And we wouldn't lead out of a, a, a dictatorship or like we're the supreme almighty, but we would lead with love, Jesus, the way that you love the church. And God, that the ladies in this room, that they would see that love and they would see us leading in a manner that points to you. And God, that they wouldn't help. It, it would make so much sense for them to follow. God, would you build godly families in this room tonight? And Jesus, just I just want to be silent for a minute. Will you reveal to us some of the areas of our life that we're struggling submitting to you? And tonight, before we leave this place, God, would we have a conversation with you where we give those to you? So God, right now, would you just start to show us areas of our life that, that we have control over that we haven't given to you? Jesus, would you change our families and make them more like you? God, you are the only one powerful enough to do this. And so, Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. I would really love for you guys to come Monday night. Oh. Please come back Monday night, 6.30, and let's pray for Easter and for God to show up and to do something powerful and to do something big. Um, Monday, 6.30. Don't forget, next week, no mine, but the week after that, it's back on. Um, and then pick a different service, man, for Easter. Leave those seats open for people who normally wouldn't be here. Have a great week. Thanks for coming.